0: Welcome back to The Basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuning in to yet another exciting audio adventure on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your guide, Kevin. Uh, this week, I'm going to get straight into the point. Uh, we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A, little, a couple weeks ago, uh, Steve Miller had a little kerfuffle, had a little a few things to say uh, about it, and uh, some of them weren't still off-base. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, we are going to review the new album from Bob Mould. That's why it says that in the title. Uh, he's a legend. You know this. Uh, I don't I don't need to explain it. I don't need to give background. I think we do give a little background. But it's Bob fucking Mould, man. Uh, and he's got a new fucking album out. And maybe it's great. We're gonna get to that. Uh, and then we're gonna play a groovy track from uh, Black Milk with Nat Turner. He's got a new album out. Uh, this came out a little while ago. And in fact, this one's been in the can for a little while because we've been super busy. Uh, and... Uh, Marcus Moore actually brought it to my attention And I listened to it And I was like fuck that is groovy shit And it is So we're going to give you a little taste so then you can think the same thing And maybe go out and buy it Maybe go out and see him play live I don't know I'd like that Can't do it at Bohemian Caverns uh, Running out of places here in DC to do that actually To see uh, jazz influenced hip hop like that um, And speaking of that Uh Before we get started here, I want to give a shout-out to uh, our friends, uh, Quinn and Maddie. You know Quinn from this podcast. Maddie is his his roommate. And uh, they, A, are graduating from college next weekend, Uh, but B... Uh, have for the past, I think, two years run, to my mind, the best uh, alternative space or house venue, if you will, in D.C., uh, maybe anywhere. They have had bands of all levels of success through there, and uh, this weekend was uh, their last shows on Friday. And uh, Paul and I were actually at the one on Saturday, and it was fantastic, and it was uh, bittersweet, but uh, they they did fucking amazing work. And uh, now they're out in the world, the real people, so they're gonna do uh, more amazing work. So I can't really I can't wait to see what comes next uh, for for either of them, but uh, congratulations to them for for doing that for all of us. From all of us. Um, it's a great, great damn thing, and uh, I think more people need to do that. And uh, you'll be you'll be hearing them. We're gonna do a little exit interview coming up, so so that's gonna be coming up in the next few weeks. So, just wanted to say that. Uh, Quinn and Maddie, you guys are the best. And I guess now it's time to get on the podcast. So, you guys ready? You comfortable? You got your beverage? Here you go. This is episode number 181 of Chunky Glasses the Podcast, where we're reviewing the new album from Bob Mold, Patch the Sky.
1: Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter. One man. It was
2: merely a two word review, he just a. Said-
3: Shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the maximum.
1: That right there is a, a logical fall. Civilian. Yep. Oh. Check, check. Nope.
0: Hold what? up, hold up. You're talking
3: into the, you're talking into the metal part. Check, check. No. <laughs> what? I'm talking into this. My nose is on the metal part. No, you don't want the metal part. You told me before, talking into no, that no, that's, that's sign even. right that's there. Sorry, sorry. That symbol. <laughs> you lied. Now it's done. Yeah. Okay.
0: The right. game
4: done changed, son. All check, right. check. Do it again. <laughs> check. Oh <my>. Goddamn
1: check. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I just—it's—I'm having problems mixing, and it's—it this makes it easier. Trust me. All right. You guys ready? No fights. Uh, No fights yet. Not yet. No fights yet. Fights. Who's gonna have a fight? I don't know. Guess we'll see. You're drinking the Aquavit, so maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I know, you, and Patrick. I think
2: someone to my right likes one of these albums a lot more than I do. But uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Possibly, possibly. <laughs> uh, so if you guys are ready, Patrick, welcome back. It's been a while. I'm so happy to be it here. It is. Uh, in fact, we were not going to do a podcast, Patrick. This is, oh. this is all for you. Gosh, because because <laughs> you said you email me, you're like. I really didn't need are, to talk Are about you taping on Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on, I need a fix. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Eduardo, you're back down here. Paul, Always. you made it. Uh, you, yeah, you, you working it? You working on yes. the mic? Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, that's good. We're, we're working on mic technique down here. You can't see it around here, but we, uh, mini apparati. Um We're going to be talking about one Bob Mould this week, Patch the uh, Sky. Yeah. You know, we'll get you to do a little intro on his his history, which is long and and uh, honestly awesome. I think Uh, coming up before that, though, the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which you all are all familiar with, they just had their induction. There was a little uh, kerfuffle involving uh, Steve Miller, Uh, but even before that, uh, there was an article in the Guardian by one Dave Bry. Uh, and basically, his his argument is that they just need to tear the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame down. Um, you know, this is an organization that is uh, it's based in Cleveland, which, I mean, I get, like, Alan Freed, like he was the first rock and roll DJ, so like mm-hmm. I get that. But no rock and roll really ever came from Cleveland. None. None. Well,
4: the great state of Ohio has produced a number As of, of notable... Yes. Yes. You've got all the how, dating how, people. How are we to understand that, got, the use of the word great?
2: <laughs>
4: uh, I'm, not, I'm not here to defend Guided by Voices, guys.
1: Right,
0: well, right. you know, but the, you should.
2: But yes. Guided by Voices, Black Keys, what's the... Is it the Breeders
0: or one of those bands? Yeah, something? yeah. No, there, there's been some good stuff in Ohio. And,
2: uh, you know, there's that
0: Huey Lewis lyric. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. About the heart of rock and roll? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is there. Um, but basically, uh, the, the gist of his argument is... Um, is that uh, rock and roll itself as a museum fails because rock and roll is about all about renewable youth. Um, you know, we've all heard the complaints, from Rock and Roll Hotel, uh, not, well, we've heard, <laughs> heard complaints <laughs> Slept, about uh, Hotel. different, different complaints. <laughs> complaints about the rock, rock, rock and Roll Hall of Fame of, uh, let's see, racism, sexism, xenophobia, ballot fixing, semantic insistency, and uh, not enough racism. <laughs> so that I might say be that a lot case. There's, not, yeah. enough racism. there's not
2: enough racism um, I write that in a lot of Yelp restaurant reviews
0: You know And, and, his, and his ultimately his point gets back to the youth It says if there's one you core belief You need to go to Cracker Barrel <laughs> <laughs> I almost did a week ago uh, so that there's, if there's one core belief of rock and roll, something like an ideology, it's this tear it down, rip it up, make something new, and make it your own. Uh, so he says, we should destroy it. We shouldn't have a museum of this. What do you guys say? Uh, I keep. So I don't disagree with, uh, with the
4: spirit of those comments. And um, when I, you know, there's that great uh, Silver Jews lyric um, about uh, punk rock died when the first kid said punk's not dead. Um, Which is true. That's exactly when punk did die. Um, But but there is and we've talked about this before, like with the Dylan collection. Right. And the idea that like Dylan is this radical forward looking artist. And yet we're amassing these archives of everything he has ever uh, written down literally. And we think that that's important to have and to study. And maybe it is. But. I don't know that it's like I think. I think the idea that the spirit of rock and roll is to basically disregard authority, establishments, et cetera, et cetera, is is probably in its most juvenile sense true. So, I don't think the article is wrong, but I think the uh, I think it may miss the point of the hall of fame, which is to create a place where people can go and see a guitar that was in you know a Van Halen video or something, <laughs> because a hard rock cafe isn't good enough for that. So. <laughs>
0: Hard Rock Cafe's. <laughs> I know I don't know what it's good for in 2016. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, I've never been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I had the opportunity to. I I went to college not far from there. Does that mean that you went or you had the chance to? I
4: I never went. (laughs) It was there for a number of years. My family would come to visit me at college and go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I never went.
0: (laughs) Is this where we insert (laughs) cool story, bro? Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's it's really
4: notable how I didn't go to this place that we're talking about.
0: I was thinking about the Rock and Roll Hotel the other day, and I guess I could have bought a plane ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul, I think you like museums a good bit. Study yeah, of the arts. But but, but how, how do you feel about all this this particular form of art being enshrined? Well I don't wanna burn the museum
3: down because it's a really cool looking museum. Yeah. So let's not do that. But um So you've been No. It's just a <laughs> cool looking museum. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you don't don't destroy anything I am paymade That's that's the big, yeah. Yeah. That's the big yeah. takeaway there. But uh conceptually I've always thought the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was stupid as hell. Yeah. And I don't think it is for exactly the same reasons that this author is saying because he's trying to ascribe it ascribe the concept of rock and roll as some kind of an ethos yeah. that I don't think exists. I think that's a con- that's a convenient hook right there. I think the bigger problem is that it's you know when when you're talking about you, there's no real definition to to quote unquote rock and roll and if you are defining it as you know the uh, the, the original terms it's just a baby boomer nostalgia <laughs> factory and it's done and nobody should be being inducted anymore because all those people stopped making music a long time ago or are right. 80 um so then you bring it forward and you have to get into other music types and that's where these stupid arguments come from which is wait can rap be in there can country be in there right. and it's really just it's it's pointless like if you if you want to go see musicians go to their concerts buy tickets to their shows yeah. buy their music <laughs> i have no i have nothing against a museum full of guitars and props. It's this idea of inducting people and having some process of like enshrining which musicians are good and which aren't. We don't have statistics for museums. This isn't the baseball hall of fame where you can be like, Ooh, you hit 500 home runs. It's not, Ooh, you hit 500 shows. Now you've got to be in the museum. It could
0: be though. And in that case, it would just be like Michael Jackson, Taylor Swift. And you know, yeah, but then that's the Billboard that's
1: Hall of pop, Fame.
3: Right? That's yeah, that's pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess it's weird because I uh, last time we were in Nashville, we went to the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame, mm. which is amazing. It, it's an amazing slice of history, uh, and I, in general, don't understand why the two can't just exist together. You yeah, know, I mean, divide them up. Yeah, yeah.
3: But well, like I said, if it was a museum just to show, you know. Relics of of old rockers and things like that. That would be cool. It's yeah. the in, it's the whole concept of like inducting and 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 treating it like okay now you're now you're the big time. These are people who've been the big time for a long time. Yeah. And anybody anybody who cares about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is probably doing it wrong. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: except that I think for example, Leon Russell, who was struggling in his older age to draw audiences and sell albums when Elton John really. Push to get him right. in I think that helped Leon Russell's Ticket sales And album sales So Whether you or I Think Which it's, spe- it's justified spe- Like there's a There's And it comes back To baby boomers But the, the boomers React to this But you know what's Going to help His album sales more it, Elton
3: Have them open for you On tour we You know Like yeah. that's yeah, and it it spe- That's it what really to Drives the, it right That the
0: Superficial nature Of these awards right. That like The people who are Like concerned And will get interested In mm-hmm. artists You know Like with one exception, and that, and that would be uh, Prince, um on the uh <laughs> the while my guitar gently weeps solo. While my guitar <laughs> so gently weeps. Yeah, absolutely. and so and so that that's actually what I want to yeah. you know. It did give us that. Whatever in, else it does, in, it gave us that. Invariably, these things air on HBO. I think the right. one is airing. Yep. It'll probably air right They're before this. They're always sort of entertaining. They're always sort of entertaining. The Tom Waits that,
1: speech was yep. excellent. A few yeah. Years yeah ago. The the was Rush amazing. speech was
3: not. No. Yeah. I I have literally never watched it.
0: Have you not seen the Prince
2: thing? No, because I, oh I don't
3: care. Okay,
0: we will, we will show you the video in the middle of this, and then you won't be able to finish the podcast. I don't think <laughs> that's, that's true. It's going
2: <laughs> to be like Clockwork Orange. We're going to
3: like stitch your eyeballs open. <laughs> like, I could not care less about something. Like, it, this falls into the same category as like, you know, the Billboard Music Awards or something like that. Sure.
2: I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I will try not to repeat what's been said. I think... Um, are you looking at me? Is it my turn? Yeah, sure. I talk? Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, I think part of what's difficult about this is that for example, there is a country music hall of fame. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Rock and roll is a type of music. It has been for much of the last 50 or 60 years, the most popular form of music. And so I think part of what's happened at the rock and roll hall of fame is people think, Oh, this is about who are the best artists with the most integrity in this, in the most popular form of music, but that's pop. So like, If you ask me, is the Red Hot Chili Pepper are the Red Hot Chili Peppers a rock and roll band? Sometimes Um, is NWA or Grandmaster Flash uh, a rock and roll band? Some no, not really. Occasionally, there's a rock and roll spirit there, but that's a whole other issue. So, like, my question is, rock and roll is no longer the most popular form of music in the country, right? Correct. So what, like, is there going to be a (laughs) Spotify Hall of Fame? Like, what is the next (laughs) Hall of Fame going to be that replaces this? And how long will, I mean, at some point when baby boomers really start to die off in mass, like, or on mass, I should say, will there be a moment where we all go, oh, yeah, this is just like a relic and people are hanging on to it and they will, the people that run it will continue to hang on to it as this thing and the rest of us... Move on. I might hang on to it, but most people will move on with their lives. Like, that's what I don't understand. On the flip side, I will say, you know, going to a a museum like that where you can see old guitars and stuff or whatever, regardless of who's been inducted, it's fun. It's cool. This is a time and place in history. I mean, we've all read a lot of books about rock. And other kinds of music history in the la- that come from the last 50 years, and a lot of that is embedded in that museum, and it mm-hmm. shouldn't just be washed away. I'm not saying tear it down, but it does defeat sort of one of the purposes of rock and roll, to have this institutionalization, which is an Americanization of the word institutional, uh, to say we're going to build a building where we say these are all the best people for this. Right. Anyway, and they're not
4: doing anything that the Smithsonian doesn't do, right? I mean, the the American History Museum yeah, has yeah. plenty of pop color. The puffy shirt from Seinfeld is there, right? Yeah. There's there, all these. There's a
0: Prince exhibit, and you can hit yeah. it, and he, he screams things. <laughs> of course, things, there, is. He <laughs> of course things. there is. No, it's right next to the Muppet exhibit. When they matched, when they closed one yeah, of the museums, so. and it was like you could go to the Kermit, and then you go to the Prince, mm-hmm. and right. it wasn't all that dissimilar.
4: <laughs> I think the interesting conversation becomes not about the Spotify Hall of Fame, but the idea of like. And, and and this is something that could happen in the next 10 or 20 years of, you know, does there need to be a dedicated hip, hall, uh, hip hop hall of fame? Um, you know, obviously we've we've missed the boat on jazz and that's just considered part of the culture because it's been absorbed into the Smithsonian or whatever. Um, but 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 at some point and, and these are probably conversations that like philanthropists, curators, archivists will have at some point about who owns that. You know, so so now you probably have a bunch of hip hop memorabilia in the Hall of Fame. And at some point, if hip hop is the dominant, you know, form of popular music for the next 30 or 40 years, you might see people saying, well, we should have
2: we should have a different museum. Can we I don't want to cut anyone off. Can we go down the jazz hole for a second? Yeah. Sure. Um, So the closest thing we have is uh, (laughs) that's probably a bad term. Uh, The closest thing we have to a jazz hall of fame is the Ken Burns documentary. Yes or no? probably true okay so the Ken Burns documentary which I've seen chunks of but not all of like my understanding is that people have a reaction that he spends way too much time on the really early early stuff like six he, hours he gives Branford Marsalis or Wynton Marsalis one of those people way too much credence says like this he neglects west coast jazz there's all this other stuff I mean I think he does well by Mingus in the parts I've seen and I'm a huge Mingus person but like That is just, to me, just another form of, like, boomerism memorialization of a type of music. And that it neglects all these other things, and there's all kinds of problems with it. I'm not saying don't watch jazz. I'm just saying it's sort of the same idea. Somebody gets to pick, and in that situation, it's not even really committee. It's just, like, one guy, um, which is okay by me because I like Ken Burns, but... um, it's similar idea. So I don't know, like how do we decide, like what are we going to build a museum of quote unquote American music? And then it starts with like field hollers and it goes all the way up to (laughs) Taylor Swift. Like when are we going to build that? Is that a better idea? I
0: I would advocate honestly for, for unlatching this almost for this guy, you burn this to the ground. Don't burn the building. Like just metaphorically (laughs) burn it to the ground. So Paul won't cry. Uh, And, because I am not uh necessarily a materialistic person, and I think the best way to honor this stuff and to show uh the what this stuff meant is by proper curation and rather than and and so I do watch these specials. Because the speeches, I don't care about. I don't care about who's in the audience. Mm. What I care about is the performances, and the performances are without fail spectacular.
2: There's always one or two that you go, "That was worth." I, I think. Right. I think right. all of them are. Yeah. I, I, I right. think
0: if you get a band that hasn't played together in like 15 years, mm. seeing that, like that, that type of stuff, that that uh, living like representation of history, mm. uh, is more important than. Going in and pointing and be like, hey, that's the uh, jumpsuit, the guy from Mario Speedwagon (laughs) wore, you know, which is probably in that museum. Right.
3: I don't know. I think we should just listen to the guy whose album we're reviewing on this podcast. To paraphrase him, I believe he said, um, I don't need a spot in your Hall of Fame. It's not a fucking game. Yeah. So... Yeah. Fuck it. Well, Just I guess that goes his first ballot yeah. shot. <laughs> <getting in. laughs>
0: Sorry, you're
2: a buy
3: is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to this. Worth um, discussion. And uh, may, it, hopefully I'll have watched it before it comes out. Maybe I'll do something in the intro about it. So uh, so speaking of the guy we're talking about uh, this uh, this week, let's uh, let's get to some, uh, I guess, old school rock and roll. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That was the, uh, the track, uh, The End of Things, the first single off Bob Mold's latest LP, uh, Patch the Sky. Uh, I'm actually going to turn you over to Paul here for a little history on Mr. Mould. Uh, so, Paul, fill some people in.
3: Sure. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go through this pretty quickly because I assume that most folks uh, listening yeah, to this podcast yeah. probably have some idea who Bob Mould is. Um, He uh, he was a seminal uh, punk rock influence with his band Husker do starting in 79 and going through most of the 80s Uh, Then he made some great solo records his first time solo uh, including uh, workbook, which is fantastic then early '90s, he formed Sugar, Sugar. busts out a couple of great albums, Copper Gold being the best, I think. And then '96 to now, he's been on his own. He got a little more experimental late '90s, early 2000s, trying out different sounds. But his last three albums, he's kind of come back to his uh, to his roots somewhat. It's not nearly as. Uh, as raw as, uh, as the Husker do sound. Like, you can tell that it's somebody who's been around the block and mm. has, refined his, has refined his music. But uh, the, the, the thing that really, that really strikes me um, is uh, an, in an interview he gave to the New York Times, the, the quote that jumps out is that he was, he was experimenting a lot in, uh, in the early 2000s, some success, some not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he said, look, I just realized I'm a kick-ass rhythm guitarist, I'm yes. a pretty good vocalist and I'm a really simple songwriter. Why don't I just do that? And yeah. that's where he is on the last three albums and they are all very good, this newest one being no exception.
0: Oh, okay, so that, that's the history of Bob Mould. You know, it, it, another thing about this, he said in the, in the PR pitch, he said, these songs are my salvation. I've had a solid stretch of hard emotional times. So he doesn't want to talk about them because they're on the album. Uh, you know, and, um, but... He, and he says, you can find it in, in this in this album. You can find it in the stories. And where people thought Silver Age was a little darker, like this is actually marrying the darkness with the pop that he yeah. uh, prefers, that he is, like, searching for, which I think comes from just being that, the punk attitude, you know. It must be said that, he you know, he doesn't live in D.C. anymore, but he was in D.C. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a DJ, popular, very popular DJ, throwing uh, dance nights at the 9.30 Club. Uh, so, you know, his career has been... Like, all over. He's done it. Yeah. You know. Can I have one thing? Yeah.
2: Um. He's never totally embraced it, but if you're gay, that's a major gay rock figure, I think.
0: I No, I think he yeah. has embraced it. I think that it. should I, be I, said. I yeah, think no, that's No, like, I mean, and we were getting there He to hasn't that.
2: totally embraced it. He's embraced it, but not totally. Right, right, right. But, that, some but of that, that's, an important, wish that's would, an important... I think it's a
0: big deal. It is a big deal, yeah. because you have this, uh, especially in the Husker Du uh this very muscular mm-hmm, right. uh rock and roll that defined a generation of meatheads. Let's let's make that clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they they when they find out like, oh wait, some guy who's gay did this, you know, some people get angry and they're assholes. Yep. Um uh on on this one, you know, you, you touched on Paul that, you know, he he does one thing right. He has a mode. He has a good mode. And this is that for him, I think. Mm-hmm. I think top to bottom, you know, he is a fantastic rhythm guitarist. You know what you're getting into with his vocals. Uh, they are what they are. Uh, also, in his production, which is what honestly has, has sort of bugged me a little bit about his music his entire career, it is uh, live, it's loud, it's in your face and everything. But there's something weird going on that. To me at least, he hasn't figured out how to properly like represent the bottom end on his records. Mm-hmm. And I you know, we've we've joked about how eighties records were like really high on the treble and, and the highs because of cocaine. <laughs> <And> my, <laughs> I don't want to say that, <laughs> but it is a weird thing that keeps me from honestly enjoying it's I, still
2: happening. Yeah, yeah it's still yes. happening.
0: But you know, from enjoying and I realized and listen to this, any of his catalogue. Because it's just the sound is off, and I know Eduardo, yeah. you had a little bit of that too.
4: Yeah, we were we were g chatting about yeah. that. There's just no low end on a lot mm-hmm. of these recordings, and and it really and 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 that's um, you know I, I I assume that that's not out of incompetence, and that's the result of a deliberate aesthetic choice. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I think I can accept that better on like sugar albums than I can today, because um, it just doesn't seem something about it just doesn't. Seem right to me. Um,
3: and, I don't know. I've, I guess I, I I've never actually noticed that before, but I think that I, to me at least it works with him because it emphasizes the guitar work. Absolutely. Yeah. So, no. No. It,
0: it's it's somebody's in the studio going. This is about guitars and stuff. Yeah. But so when you are like telling me like, man, this fucking pumps me out. and fucking awesome. And then I, I listen to it and I I need that like bass hit and I don't hear it and I'm just like. What's going on? What am I missing? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, can I jump in? I think the question is, I
2: started making notes about this because I'm someone who needs variety and a low end and all that Uh stuff. I think the question is, is it that everything is turned up to 11 and we're just going? Maybe. And that's the sound. Or part of what I started to write down in the notes is, and I'm not trying to ape Phil Spector here, but it's almost like a wall of sound here when you come out for of sure. some of these songs, mm-hmm. like for sure. it starts and it's up and it's big and it's loud and it's this landscape. And that's like, M.O. And MO. You, and, you ha- and you have to get in there and dig around to figure out like where you are and what you're listening to. And I'm okay with that. But like it's every song on this album except maybe one. And so, <clears throat> and not similar, you know, some yeah. of the previous albums similar. So I, I'm not going to say yes or no, but I think that's kind of the debate for me is like, what is it is it that they just turned up to everything to 11 and they were like this is how we play or is it a wall of sound or maybe it's both and it doesn't have to be either i don't know i think you just kind of got to treat it like a wave
3: and just ride it through the album yeah. right there think like it's <laughs>
0: nice not... <laughs> so, so it's, it's sort of like you, you just need to put it on and like be annihilated by it yeah. That, yeah you just
3: go like this is what i'm strapping in for let's go okay Okay.
0: Yeah, I it, it it's a weird thing and I don't want to harp too much on that because I don't like when we talk about like you know, we they recorded it this way because none of us are recording engineers. Like let's right, let's be right. clear about that. Uh, you know, but so as I far, didn't tell you guys that I Oh, really? That's I what you've been doing the last Abby month? Road, I didn't tell you that. Oh, nice. I don't
3: even know how to talk into a microphone. <laughs> I know you know.
0: <laughs> That's established. But do uh, you guys
3: do you guys like
4: like do you remember seeing bands in like high school or college where like there was the one kid in the band who had like the nicest amp? And when they played live, like that was just the only instrument you heard. Like that's yeah. unfortunately, um, you know, I don't, again, I don't get that with, with, with sugar because I'm a nineties apologist mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was the, you know, pavement song publishing is treble kicker. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the aesthetic of the time sure. and that's totally appropriate. But today I'm kind of like, you know, you've got competent <laughs> musicians, you know, we were just, we, we were talking off mic about John Worcester and how mm-hmm you know, how great it is that he's he's working and that he sounds great, except you can't always hear him on right. the album. He's a right. little bit
2: lost in there. So. Well, or the drums, I mean, the other thing about everything's turned up to 11, part of what's hard for me or difficult for me is that I want to hear what Worcester's doing, but he's not a percussionist on this album. He is banging. Yes. And like every, his amp is just cranked up to a certain level where it almost sounds tinny in places and it's a little frustrating. I don't, I don't know how to say it better than that because I'm not, I should be more articulate, but like, I think he plays well on this album. I don't think there's any Mm -hmm. question of that. I think the, the, the issue I have is like, it's hard for me to differentiate one song from another of how he's playing other than the, the, just the pure speed at which he's playing. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, no, I don't think he's a, a percussionist in this album. He's just he's drumming. Yeah, no, and no, I and think he's worse. Look, look, look.
0: Worcester with like Super Chunk and, and all right. the bands he's played with is a monster fucking drummer. Yeah, and he's a monster fucking drummer here. But again, also a good comedian, also a yeah. good comedian, a fantastic comedian. Uh, if you haven't heard the best show. Uh, there is, is just, that all little Just stop this podcast and go listen to it. Yeah. Yes. It, yes. It Numero, Numero just yeah. released. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, there you go. Numero, you get a plug. <laughs> they, you just
3: lost us dozens of listeners right there in the <laughs> yes. middle of the podcast.
0: Sorry. Um,
2: <laughs> pay
0: us John Worcester.
3: We just sent a bunch of listeners your
0: way.
2: <laughs> pay us Philly boy Roy. Pay us. Um,
0: uh, let, let's hear a song that, uh, cause I want to get into like what this album is talking about when he's talking about the darkness. Uh, It couldn't be more clear cut than this one, I think, and uh, you know Lucifer and God. Hmm. So uh, here you go, Lucifer and God, off of uh, Bob Mold's Patch the Sky. So, so that song is uh, honestly for, uh, yeah I heard that and that's a throwback to the 90s and it makes this makes perfect sense cuz he's from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. That could be a Soul Asylum song. Yep. It really would. And uh, you know I was I was waiting to see if you cringed Paul. Soul Asylum was good back in the I, day. I don't have anything against
3: Soul Asylum. Okay. I kind of do but that's a different issue. <laughs> like, we were uh, just talking about 90s apology. like
1: a, I'm,
2: uh, that's yeah, where I'm
1: at. Yeah, I so i was gonna say
2: he's a uh, what do you call it? Uh my brain has stopped. Uh, I blame the Aqua Right. I put 900 dollars on the fifth horse. Her name was Chips Ahoy. What's
0: that band? hold, hold steady. 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 They're from Minneapolis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am known as the Rounder Craig Finn. So yes, there you go. Exactly. That actually happened in public. Uh yeah. So, you know, he he's talking about that. That that strips it down to like the stuff he's dealing with now. Uh you know, in digging into this, Paul, I mean you how how does this I'll make you feel like emotionally.
3: Well, uh, look, i look, I dig it. Not just because it's uh, like we were saying before, like, uh, you know, it's fast. It's, it's awesome like that, but he has, um, I think, tempered the anger from Silver Age a little bit sure. and got, and is going into going into some of his dark spaces like he like like right here. Some of some familiar themes. I mean the guy talks about, you know, Lucifer and God a little right, less explicitly right. in a lot of his music, uh, a lot of apocalyptic in, imagery in in yeah. some of his stuff, but it's like he's still got that He's still got that anger, mm-hmm. but it's stepped down from 11 to maybe like a nine here. And so you can go and he can go a little bit deeper. This is not uh, the descent, you know, the, he's... <laughs> yeah. well he's able to work his way through some things and i like that it's a it's a it's the same sound but a little bit more nuanced yeah um though you know for for my money i still like silver age a little bit better because i i like things a little bit more raw what what i find
0: fascinating and and this is is that uh you know i think part of the the we were talking about the volume and everything cranked to 11 is that he's what 50 he's in his 55 mid 50s and stuff yeah to understanding that you sometimes you you recognize what the art you create is, and then you sort of know what you have to work for. I think this feels like genuine anger, and, and that's a that's a unique thing, and, and it's a weird thing. It's sort of like, hey, Bob, you okay? You know, you want to you want to be like, because I can't imagine being in my mid fifties and still just being like, I'm angry, <laughs> like. <laughs> That would suck. And I hope that's not going on with Bob Mould. But at the same time, when he's putting out albums that like reflect that, that you know whether or not anybody in this room can relate to that, like there's somebody somewhere listening to like,
1: fuck yeah, I feel
0: that, man. Uh, because I think even without the bottom end, I think that's what the end result is going to be out of this album is people feel what he's saying. Well, I mean – I'll, I'll go back to
3: to Silver Age lyrics here. Never too old to sustain my rage. Like right, right. that's his ethos right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's he also has a great melodic sensibility,
4: yeah. right? And he's always you Song know he structure just, is good. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. sneaks these like really hooky inflections into the way he sings and into his choruses. So so without there being a lot of tonal shifts in the music, you all of a sudden will be surprised by like a totally melodic, almost like a melancholy kind of turn here and there. Um,
0: you know who else does that well Mogwai it's a it, it, very different music but very I was very, going to say that's a left turn right? <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it very very loud but I was, out, uh, out of all this there loud, would be no Mogwai on this <laughs> out of all that noise comes right. these melodies that are gorgeous mm-hmm. yeah you know, and that's why they've sustained because they right masters and, of that.
3: well that and soundtrack
0: work yes
3: yeah.
4: it feels it's, it's, it's nice to hear someone just like working in their comfort zone in a way that doesn't feel like they're phoning it in. Right. So he's, so like, he's clearly, he's clearly working hard at doing the thing that he does really well. Mm-hmm. Um And that's, and like, you know, if we all get to do that in our mid to late fifties, like we should be psyched. Right. If you get to still kick ass at that age, like at whatever you're doing, like that's, that's really cool. That's and the guitar that's work is killer. Stellar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you like Bob, Bob Mold's guitars, like you're going to, like this album is for you, absolutely. And, and here's the
0: secret about like guitar players or any musician, they get better as they get older. Of course, right? <laughs> like, you know th- this whole thing about like you, I mean, right now you could if you this were Americana, you'd be looking at this like oh this is a this is a latter day like album. I don't know if I'm going to pay too much attention to this one and stuff, right? But the reality is, is that at least in a craft wise, in those albums, that the songs that those guys are writing are like miles beyond. Everything except the lightning in a bottle that they might have kept right right, you know for those hits. which may be what he's doing here I don't know it feels like i
4: mean he's 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 been on a good run, like these last few albums i don't you know it's just i think I think there's sort of a you come to the party knowing if you love his music or not um and uh but 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 you know the last few albums have all been really solid if you you know what you're going to get. And, but it's not lazy either. And I don't, I don't quite know how to like characterize that. I'm not doing a very good job of it, but, but you know what I mean? Like it's sort of, mm-hmm. it's, it's predictable and it's comfortable, but it's not easy or lazy. It's actually fairly well done.
2: Well, can I try to transition us into, are we going towards what are we doing with this album? Yeah. yeah. So I'll transition into that and maybe even abbreviated fashion, Ooh. which you'll be excited about, Kevin. Um, I think we can all agree that like more, bob mold Bob Mould, Mould doing what he wants to do with some pretty good musicians however he wants to do it is pretty good by us yeah and i think that's my bottom line in this album like i can tell you i'm not gonna be a buy but i'm not gonna be a pass like right. i i've enjoyed listening to aspects of this and i think there's some good songs on it i'm not a hardcore husker du, bob mold f- person but uh I appreciate it. And I, I think like my bottom line for this is if you like Bob mold or you like Husker and, or you like, you almost like really good crunchy guitar, Copy guitar heavy, pl- pl- played at like a pretty good pace. Yeah. You're going to really dig this. And I'm sure live these songs will be awesome. So, um, and they'll sound quite similar to what's on this record yes they will uh, it's almost like a butch vig by the way uh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's vig just toward, like toward yeah, yeah. It, it, right yeah. he's just like go yeah i'm pushing record now <laughs> um but yeah like i think my criticisms of this album are ones we've already talked about like i think that the mix like his vocals are so far back at times like i i, mm-hmm. I was screaming at my phone cause I'm a dork. The other day I was like, why aren't the vocals up? And then w- sometimes when it tracks in, in that duo effect, mm-hmm. then it comes up to the front and you're like, Oh, it's on purpose. So again, I think there's a design here. There's a plan. It just may not be the plan I wanted in place. Right. And that's a stupid criticism. So I'm not going to make it. But other than the fact that I already have, but, um, <laughs> but, I will, <laughs> but I will, but I will say like, <laughs> that is real time thinking people, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I will say like, I do appreciate this and I've enjoyed it. And I, the last point i'll make before I, it. It before, it before i say stream is um i think as someone who's a fan of like songcraft songwriting and melody like even when he buries the melody way back here there's melody like it's it's sometimes buried under the eleven but he is not making any yeah, bones all, about the fact there. that at some point you've got to be able to hum this song or not and like and that's part of the strength of his songwriting he's I don't think there should be any question that he's like a tremendous songwriter. I think what I would say, having listened to some of the previous um, mold albums is it's sort of to, in my mind, this is sort of like the conversation that the three of us I'm pointing at Kevin and Paul had about um, Jason Isbell. Yeah. Like it's sort of an anthology, like the last three albums, if I could take them and squish them into one, I would, but I also like some of the tracks that you might not like. It's just nice that he's out there doing. Yeah. I'm really happy about it. So that's the end of my rant.
0: Paul, what are you going to do?
3: Oh, this is a strong buy for me. Strong buy. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Okay. I love it. All
4: right, all right. So, so buy it. it. I'm going to keep it way shorter than, than Patrick. God damn Because that was short for Patrick. It was no, short it was. for Patrick. I think, you, I think you knew before you listened to this whether you were going to buy this album or not for the yeah. most part. Like, I know I'm buying the next Stephen Malcolmus album. Like, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to buy it. Um, what if Moldmus
2: and Mould like were in a cage? How would you two react to that? How would
4: Moldmus?
0: Moldmus. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wait, are they sort of combining a la Flash? Uh, no. Mm. Um, exactly. Yeah. So um, no, I mean, I just, I just, I just think you know where you are. Like either, either this guy's music is like already part of your DNA and it's in your marrow, or it's not. Um, and if it is, run out and buy it. If it's not give it a listen. Like chances are you'll like it. I think it's a solid stream. Um, It's not quite a buy for me.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a decent stream for me. I mean, as, and I thought a lot about this going into this, this should be my just target. This should like hit me. Yep. And I just don't like, no, it's not, I don't like it. None of his music, like even back to Husker dude, none, (laughs) none of it, none of it. Just like, I, I just have not locked in. I know super fans, like PJ next time I see him, he's probably gonna punch me for saying that. You but know? I'm I'm almost a hundred percent with you. I've right, never right. locked in right. fully because to It's, it's yeah, in, just, the I've way, in the very same way in the very same way that I don't lock into my bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. Now that's because they fucking suck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you fucking <laughs> suck. But
0: but but this does not. And and, and I solid. and I and I think it's uh, you know it's a solid stream. It's a good rock mm-hmm. song. I'm not getting uh, a lot of the sustenance that I want out of stuff to do it, but you know, per your isbel thing, I, I say it's it's good that he's out there, uh, and uh, maybe you need more people uh, this age fucking dying against the uh, raging end of light or the <laughs> dying <of> light. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: Raging against the dying of the a, light yeah, is what you meant, as but as it's power. all right. It's all right, Dylan Thomas. It's
0: yeah,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Okay, so Bob molds Patch the Sky. Uh, I think, Eduardo, you summed it up pretty pretty well. Uh, you know, you already knew. <laughs> you didn't need to listen to this. You are listening to this to hate on but, us. Or, but thank you for listening. Or, or <laughs> you love us. And you can't or you're John on. Worcester. <laughs> or you're yeah. John Worcester. That'd be awesome. John, if you want to come on the podcast, if you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, we have a nice basement. Some of your friends, <laughs> I think, have been in this basement. So, uh, you know... no put that on mic son (laughs) uh so so you know get out try it out for yourself kick tires and whatnot uh before we get out of here this week we are going to uh feature a little track this is something that uh you know we do local sometimes sometimes we do smaller sometimes we do bigger last week we did poncho and lefty you know which was necessary for merle oh really yeah Yeah, yeah yeah and uh I hope at least one person listening hadn't heard that song. Yeah, that—that's my hope. Yeah. That they were and they heard it and they were like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> uh, this week though, we did you talked, do the towns and who did you do? We did uh, Merle, Merle and Willie. Willie. Merle and no. Willie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this week, though, we're going to be talking about one uh, Black Milk and Nat Turner, which is actually a DC-ish band. Like, they're sort of spread out a little while. Uh, they're collaborators with Black Milk, who's otherwise known as Curtis Cross. He's a Detroit-based rapper. Uh, he's done six albums with Black Milk, uh, eight or nine collaborations since about 2005. A- in other words, he's fucking prolific. Uh, and you know, his 2013 album, New Poison, New Paradise, was actually recommended to me by uh, one Marcus J. Moore on this very mm-hmm. podcast when we were talking about the Kendrick Lamar album. Uh, he said, No, this guy. And so uh we knew their album, The Rebellion Sessions, was coming out. Uh it features uh Nat Turner, the band is uh Aaron Ab Abernathy, uh Malik Hunter on bass and uh Zubu and Z Horton on drums. And they they've been collaborating anytime I think he he comes to DC, that's that's the band. They do a lot of work with him. So okay. uh this is a Uh, nice little jazz experimentation album, if you will. And the track we're going to play off it is uh, The Knock. So here you go. uh, Black Milk with Nat Turner, uh, The Knock, off of the Rebellion Sessions. All right, so black milk with, with Nat Turner, the knock, uh, a little a little Yaz yes, Paul for your ass, a
3: little bit of Yaz, yes, I yeah, like it,
0: little little groovy stuff. If, if you're, uh, you know, what what's the suggested uh, playing for this? If you're having a dinner party and you need a little, it it
4: it's... can definitely occupy that like uh, Thievery Corporation kind of yeah. you know neighborhood. Um, you can it can go you can play it a little bit later at night if you want to.
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to yeah. say Stevie uh,
3: Corporation neighborhood is like <laughs> late night at 18th Street Lounge. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> that could well, be played late yeah, night at 18th Street Lounge. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That's not a. It, it, it's nice. Hopefully, yeah. I, I know he doesn't have touring plans right now, uh, but hopefully, he will actually uh, be through DC and and hopefully be on this podcast. Nice. I know Mark. Like I said, Marcus Moore is a huge fan of his. I've actually talked with his people and, and said that he's not going to be touring right now, but that. He is up to uh, to talk to people. Nice. And we like to talk to people. So. Yeah,
2: get him down here. Was there a city code passed while I was out that you get to interview anyone who plays in D.C.? Is that...
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's something like that. You got John Carpenter yet? <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. Yeah. But for an, a completely unrelated podcast that's in the pipe uh, that, that I'm only producing, uh, Odyssey sat where Marcus is sitting, uh-huh. so... Uh, you know that that's a little spoiler, uh, but you know. Uh, so um, yeah, that's our podcast for this week or this the first podcast for this week. Um, you know, if you like it, subscribe to it, give us a rating, all that jazz. Uh, we're gonna be back in a few short days to talk about another album. I'm not sure which one that is because I don't know what order we're in anymore. We're we're loose in time and space,
4: man. It's amazing that you have in your mind the game plan of like you know how far ahead we are
1: let's not
3: make assumptions no no no. he's seen the
0: calendar he's actually
3: getting messages from a future kevin that's trapped in a fifth dimensional tesseract
2: (laughs) it's it's the prestige meets primer
0: i'll
2: tell you what if you punch
0: out biff at the
2: end of this night
0: (laughs) on, on, on that note uh we will talk to you uh very shortly, especially if you, if you binge listen to these things, it's going to be like a minute <laughs> and, uh, uh, Until then, uh, try to get out and see some live music, why don't you and uh, be good to hear it, be better people will talk to you later) <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. <Kenobi>. Get <laughs>